Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Very good evening, David Wildey, Dan Menzel. Thanks to Irrigear to save time and water. Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. If you want to talk to us too on the open line, get involved in the show, the Just Quality Home Improvements open line. The number is 1300 736 736. Beautiful day in Adelaide. So welcome, Dan Menzel. Hi, Dan. Hi, Wilds. How was your weekend? Fantastic. Probably ate a little bit too much and maybe even drank a little bit too much. <laughs> I went for a run today, sort of ran it off today, did a bit of good effort, but watched a bit of cricket. Yes. I do like the World Cup. I know some games are a bit one-sided, and it was meant to be a one-sided game last night, and Afghanistan, Rashid Khan and Majib, and that they got the chocolates. First upset for this World Cup, and without a doubt, one of the biggest upsets possible if you look at the odds. I think uh, it was a dollar and eight cents England compared to $8. Ridiculous odds. Ridiculous though. odds. Um, anytime you've got Mohammed Nabi, Rashid Khan, and Majib, in their team, in their bowling lineup, you know they're a shot in the game. If they can make some runs, which they did on a pitch like that, then they are every chance. And England are going about as well as Australia at the moment. Who's the lad? Is it Gabor? Gabor, the opening bat. Yeah, Gabor. He got run out. Yeah, unbelievable yep. player. Boy, oh boy, can he play? So they obviously have Majid plays in the big bash over here. So does Rashid Khan, and, yes. and Nabi has as yes. well. I'm surprised or will be surprised if he doesn't get an opportunity in the future because the Afghan schedule means that you can keep them from basically the whole tournament, which is massive for the import. So he's one that, uh, yeah, Gerbars, keep an eye on him because he he's making some runs in this tournament. Now, what's going on tonight? Australia play Sri Lanka Lucknow and they need a win. The Norton too. And we've spoken about it at length in the last week. And so they look lethargic. A lot of the players aren't in great form, are they? If you no. go individually, like they, they, they drop Carey. Um, I, don't, I don't think Stark's bowling his best. Cummins certainly not at his best. Maxwell's the best spinner. Zampa's nowhere near his best. And the batsmen are just plodding along. Yeah, no, we we definitely need... Well, to be honest, both countries need a win tonight because Sri Lanka is 0-2 as well. So to stay alive in the tournament, it's going to be hard. At 0-3, it's nearly curtain. So... You mentioned it. We're we're not going well at all. India, India, we're we're in the game. And if we had have taken that catch, if Mitch Mars caught that when Coley hit it in the air, potentially we had him four down early. We might have been a hope in that game. But the last game we played Thursday night, South Africa seven for three hundred eleven. We got bowled out for one hundred and seventy seven. So it wasn't even close. And and you mentioned it. Marsh and Warner haven't looked great at the top. Smith's looked okay, um, but still hasn't made enough runs. Marnus has battled, and then they brought in English for care for Carey. So we are in a bit of a hole at the moment, but you'd hope that the next two matches is Sri Lanka and Pakistan. Now, we're going to know where we're at in two matches time against some teams with good spinners over there on those wickets. We're going to need to beat those two sides if we want to contend this, this year. I'd like to ask our listeners too, one 736 736 do, do we appreciate or do we enjoy the cricketers as much as we used to 10, 20, 30 years ago when we were... You know, we had Ponting and Warren, and we spoke about this last week. Gilchrist is one of the best players I've ever seen. Uh, Matthew Hayden, the big fellow up top. Brett Lee could bowl 150. I just think there's a lot of players now. They all earn big money. They go from tournament to tournament, a T20 to T20, maybe forgetting a little bit of test cricket. I don't think the public enjoy cricket as such or, or know the cricketers as well as they did you can even go back further before your time with the Chapels played and, um, you know, Dennis Lilly and Rod Marsh. 
We used to adore our cricketers. It was football season and cricket season. Now it goes everywhere. Yeah, it does. And without a doubt, there is an oversaturation of cricket. There is so many T20 tournaments around the world, test matches. And they mean nothing, really. You're yeah. right. And, and then, obviously, the one day, uh, the one day as it still happened, and then the World Cup. Now, with that means that there is fatigue because players are playing in all formats. And potentially, that's what they've got to look at a little bit more in the future is... Do we pick players specifically on the format and say, no, you're just going to play white ball cricket and you're just going to play test cricket and we're not going to overlap? That's something they might have to look at in the future. But, look, hopefully we can turn it around tonight against Sri Lanka who they don't have Hasaranga. Their best bowler is spin bowler. He's not playing. He's injured. Their captain is out tonight as well and they're missing a couple other depth players as well. So Sri Lanka, if we can't beat them tonight, we it's curtains because they are without a doubt one of the worst teams in the tournament because they are absolutely smashed by injuries at the moment. Yeah, I, and the reason I say that my my favourite memories of cricket are when Australia played the West Indies. The great West Indies came over here. I've actually played against Joel Garner, and um, he was just one of about five that could come at you. But Viv Richards, you think of the names back then. Viv Richards, um, they they're opening bats, Haynes and Greenwich. So uh, Richie Richardson. An outstanding. Now, they have gone to the pack because they're better players. Like Chris Gale and that in the recent years have just yep. wanted to play T20. T20 Pollard, just yep. get the, the big money and the easy money. The big power players over there, isn't oh. it, for West Indies? And that's what's really cost them. Dwayne Bravo, all these sort of guys. All of those guys. It's, it has really cost the West Indies, and they are not at this World Cup as a result of that. But um, I'm glad you mentioned that, some of the old-timers that used to go around, because our top seven tonight, Wilds, in the second segment, so it'll come up soon, is going to be the top seven upsets in, in the ODI World Cup cricket in the past. So we're going to a little flashback to the past and just have a think about what matches or what games did you watch and think, wow, this is one of the biggest upsets in the history of cricket. We're going to go through the wow. top seven tonight. There'd be a few. So just ask the question, uh, 1-300-736-736. you enjoying the cricket as much or now they're all multimillionaires, do you think we've got the characters as I said, Ian Chappell played for Peanuts. He had a fight with Don Bradman trying to get better money. World Series came in and changed the whole face of the game. That's a good all thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil. Uh, they're in northern Victoria. Harvest and first cold press. We're talking Cobram Estate. Actually went and saw that in, that was in Coles the other day. Saw lines and lines yes, of Cobram there. It's, it's everywhere now. Olive oil. But no, I, I really think um, the way it's going, and you mentioned all the T20s, competition to competition, it is not the same. And really, they're meaningless. It, unless it's a World Cup, who, if you play five T20s, Dan, who cares? No, exactly right. It, it doesn't mean much at all. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, they've got to do something. Something's got to change. Um, and the other thing that I'll find interesting about tonight is we play at Lucknow. And so we played their last game against South Africa. And we looked at a world at sea at times. You would hope that they would understand the conditions and the pitch a bit better tonight. But... Let's have a listen to what Pat Cummins did say about struggling to adapt to those conditions. Yeah, it's 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 a tricky one. Um, you know, even ODI cricket compared to T20s played over, you know, half the game in daylight, half at night. So it's a bit it's a bit different to T20 cricket. Um, it's yeah, find these wickets sometimes hard to read as well. Like sometimes they look terrible and they play beautifully, and the opposite. Sometimes they look flat and they end up spinning. So um, it is tough. You just gotta. Yeah, adapt on the fly sometimes. He needs he needs wickets, Pat Cummins. Um, I'm not sure whether all the cricket he's playing's got to him. To, he looks a shadow of his former self. He was a, he was arguably one of the best cricketers in the world in the top two or three. Yeah. You know, he burst onto the then he took the captaincy. 
they won the series over here when he's, when he's first captain. Since then, he's struggled, I reckon. No, he has a little bit. And look, that's not going to fill the dressing room with confidence. Those remarks there about uh, struggling to read what the pitch is going to do. You haven't really got much idea as to what's going to happen. I don't reckon the Indians would be saying that. I don't reckon... New Zealand at the moment would be saying that either. So there is some real concerns for the Australians and they've got to turn it around tonight. And he he's pivotal to that. He's not far from being dropped. So I agree. If you're going to play three, you, you've been saying for the last couple of weeks, spinners are critical. And when Glenn Maxwell, he's bowled well, but he's, as I said, he probably wouldn't get us out now. No, it's... If you, if you play straight. Yeah, well, it's an interesting one because Tanvi Sanger is over there at the moment, but he's not, man. he's the 16th man. So he can't actually be picked in the in the team to play because he's not in the 15-man squad. So effectively, we need an injury for him to be able to come into the 15-man squad and then get a game. Now, we are absolutely, we've missed a trick, and I have banged on about this. I heard Dinesh Kartik, who's one of the really good Indian wicket keepers and played a long time, and he did say at the start of the tournament, before a ball had been bowled, he said Ashton Agar was the biggest loss for Australia going into this World Cup, him not being able to play. And again, a man who knows the pitches over there as well as anyone, he couldn't be more right right now. If we... they, could, they could have picked a Koonerman or, yep. or Murphy, a finger spinner. That, that... Zamp, Zampa's playing hurt and he's not bowling well. No, you're right. And so you hope that the Sri Lankan spinners don't show us up again tonight. But look, I think that at the top of the order, we need Warner, we need Marsh, we need these sort of guys to be able to make some runs, uh, which would be really important for us to get off to a good start. We haven't we haven't made over a couple hundred runs in both games. We made 199 and 177. So we need to make some runs first and foremost. I'm going to talk to Dan Cherney a little bit later. He's over there in India. And uh, I'd love to be over. Love to, I listened to the commentators last night. What sort of job would that be, just doing the World Cup? It's not oh. just saying what you're seeing on the TV. Yeah. Uh, every I'd be great to go to some of those Indian the, the capital cities and all around the world. I, I agree completely, I, and I, I do think this when I listen to cricket commentators, it'd be one of the most relaxing sports to commentate oh. because it's not like the footy where it's full on and you're calling everything. Like you listen to some commentators and they're they're telling stories from when they yeah. played during the. It's There's great. There's a lot of time between balls yep. and that in there. So it is. So it is great. And so speaking of cricket, uh, we'll get onto the Redbacks Wilds while um, we're talking and touching on the cricket. We're in a nice position in the. Show. Sheffield Shield Strong at the moment. Position. So we're playing New South Wales here at the Adelaide Oval. So in the first innings, we made 293. We bowled New South Wales out for 183. So in that innings, Nathan McAndrew, 5 for 42. That's some nice figures there. We're currently 3 for 57 in our second knock. So 167 runs in front now at the end of day two. So in a really good position. I think if we make, obviously on that pitch, it's not a great batting wicket. If we can get 270 to 300 in front... We should be able to get our first win of the oh, season. Dizzy would love that. Right. The big rhino, Ryan Harris, would love that. And look, you couldn't lose them there, could you? Well, well I suppose you could, but you shouldn't. You shouldn't. However, <laughs> again, if you look at New South Wales bowling and take, they've got Jackson Bird, they've got Chris Tremaine, Chris Green, Jack Edwards. Jason it's going to be the batting, though. They're yeah. going to have to make the runs. They will have to make the runs, but um, you're right. It's, it's, their team's still pretty stacked. New South Wales always have a stacked team, let's be honest. But we should be okay. Plenty coming up too. Thanks to Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. We've got our top seven sporting results from the weekend. In fact, it's going to be the top seven upsets in upsets World Cup. Upsets will go. Uh, Dan Cherney from Code Sports, journalist from Live from India, and Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio Update. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.
Dan Menzel, David Wildey, Sports Day Sale. Thanks to Kia, all-electric Kia EV6, up to 528 kilometres of range. Just repeating the Redbacks in a really good position there, Dan, uh, leading by... 166 what? runs yeah. at the end of day two. So really nice position. Uh, we'll, so let's get on to our top seven, which is the top seven upsets in the history of the ODI World Cup. Okay, what, what's your, what are you starting, number seven? So at number seven, we'll, we'll go to last night. We'll go Afghanistan uh, beating England last night. 284 Afghanistan, mate. England bowled out for 215. I must admit, I, I watched Afghanistan bat, and it was Rashid and uh, Majib that came and put some extra runs. And at the, the break, yep. that England red-hot favourite. Silly. Like ridiculous odds. Silly. Yeah. Uh, Gamble yeah. responsibly. Yeah, but you're right. Afghanistan looked every chance when they made more than 250 with that bowling line. Is that their first ever win in World Cup? <sighs> I'm not even sure they've won a game. It's a great question. I, do, I think they'd be correct because they don't feature in my top six. So I reckon you're right there. At number six, we have Bangladesh defeating England in 2015 here, just down the road at Adelaide Oval. So it's when Mamadoula made 100. England um, fell 15 runs short. 275 Bangladesh made and England yeah. all out for 260. That was massive here for the Bangladesh supporters. Actually, Mamadoula made some runs the other night too. He did. Came, came in about number seven, but yeah, very good cricketer. Very good. At number five, it's Ireland versus Pakistan. So in the 2007 World Cup, Ireland won by three wickets with 31 balls remaining. They've done the job on a couple of big countries in World, in World Cup history, Ireland, and uh, this was no no different in this one. Pakistan hasn't had a couple of pretty World Cups, and this was a bad loss. Oh, they, they've been known to collapse. Right? Pakistan have. lost eight for 36 the other night against India. Yep. So, yeah, no surprise there. At number four, I've got Australia versus Zimbabwe. Oh, remember this. In 1983, yeah. you remember this? Yeah. So I wonder if there's a few Just people a young out there. boy then, but yeah, you, you weren't born. Well, I wasn't born, but um, it's such an upset because it was only three years after Zimbabwe gained independence. So to come in and win in the way they did, they made 239 and then Australia in reply, seven for 226. They just didn't get there. So a that, massive that's one. one of the, I think that's one of the biggest upsets ever. Yeah, without a doubt. At number three... Kenya versus West Indies. Remember when Kenya played cricket? 1996, playing in their Maiden World Cup, Kenya defeated the West Indies by 73 runs. How's this? They made 166, and they bowled the West Indies out for 93. And this is when the West Indies had all the players as well. So it's a great win. Um, Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. And, uh, I mean, if Kenya ever win a game, of course you remember that. But West Indies and Pakistan, they've been known to have the odd collapse. And even though they are a a wonderful team – so far, I think, is even bigger than Zimbabwe knocking over Australia. Yep. At number two, this is this is the West Indies when they were at their very best, and they got beaten by India in the 1983 World Cup final. So back then, India won this game by 43 runs. They made 183, and then West Indies in reply all out for 140. It was a miracle that even made the final, India. They didn't have a great side back then. And Kapil Dev, was it? Kapil Dev side, exactly. You remember yeah. well. So Kapil Dev side, they had no chance against England in the semi-final, and then they went on all the way to beat the West Indies. It's amazing how India gone from, you know, a good side, but they could never play away back in those. Now they are they're probably the number one side in the world, aren't they? They are, without a doubt. With all their, their top players yep. all playing IPL on that. Without, I mean, England coming into the tournament would, would maybe have a case for it with their recent success. But, yeah, I agree. India so what's is, your number one? Number one, I remember this one well, and I loved it because it was against England. It was, It is Ireland versus England, the 2011 World Cup. Ireland won by three wickets with five balls remaining. So this was the game when Kevin O'Brien made 113 off just 63 balls. So England made eight for 327. In reply, 
Ireland was five for 111. Absolutely no chance. And they end up making seven for 329. They get there with five balls to spare. It was, in my mind, it's the the greatest uh, upset that I've ever seen in the history of cricket. Yeah, Holland would have loved that too, beating the Poms. That was that was a massive, massive one, that one. So I'm sure we'll see a couple more throughout the uh, World Cup that's remaining. So get involved in the show on the Just Quality Home Improvements open line, 1300 736 736. Worlds, I think it's time for the leg up. Australia's fastest growing tipping service. What do you got for us? At Newcastle Race 8, number one, how's it Kev? So this is tomorrow. It didn't have... It didn't... Um, have much luck last time at race. It drops in grade, it drops in weight, and at double-figure odds, that will do me. So that is Newcastle Race 8. How's it, Kev? And I've got to say, too, the leg up, they've been pretty good. They had two or three winners in yeah, a second, they, didn't they? They have, um, they've been really solid of late. They've given some good odds, too, that have that have ran really well. I wonder if I talk about running well, um, think about it. What about the Everest? $20 million race. It's the biggest race, richest race in in Australia, surpassing well surpassing the Melbourne Cup. So they only what's it over twelve hundred? Yeah, it is. And and think about it was the winner and has taken home a great prize uh, from that. So this was the Everest on the weekend. Think about it, strides up, private eye, SBN are trying to work into the clear. I wish I wins running behind them. He needs room as think about it, takes the lead narrowly. Think about it from cylinder, private eye. I wish I win. Think about it in front from I wish I win. Think about it. Think about it. One about eight in a row, isn't it? Yeah, it has. And I wish I win. Just didn't quite get the run they wanted. Probably should have won the race. But, um, yeah, the Quinella, the two best horses in the race. the jockey, Sam Clipperton, I think, uh, rode, think about it. What does he get for that? What do you get him? They normally get a 10% sling, don't they? They're $13 million. He might have made a million million dollars for that ride. That's actually – wow. That is staggering, isn't it? I mean, the amount of money that's in – racing nowadays and particularly in New South Wales and in Sydney um, is absolutely incredible and get a leg up on the bookies with Australia's fastest growing tipping service the legup.com.au that was the Everest there from the weekend the Everest must be like the IPL they put all the money into that it's just just incredible for what are they running in about 108 I think 107 or 108 yep. so 68 seconds 13 million dollars yeah and they put so much money into it because that there's a rivalry between New South Wales and between Victoria exactly. now and we know that Victoria's got the spring racing carnival with the Caulfield Cup the Cox Plate the Melbourne Cup but uh, New South Wales and Sydney are coming and that's why they've got races like the Tab Everest and it's good to see the the crowds back too like uh, obviously we had COVID where they had the big races no crowds but they certainly turn up in force in Sydney and Melbourne I thought it was just wonderful now, you can catch every NFL game this season with a game pass only in DAZN. Visit nfldazn.com forward slash NFL. Hey, plenty more to come. We've just got our trade radio update. The big one was Lockie Schultz from Collingwood. And uh, T Collingwood get what they want. Everybody wants to go to the good clubs and Collingwood, no exception there. And Dan Churney, tonight Australia plays Sri Lanka. Dan Kearney, a code sports journalist. They have to win. They just simply have to win. This Dan Mensel and David Wildey Sports Day say. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Shortly, Dan Churney will join us from India for Tyre Power, the great race sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tyre Power today. Um, 
just before you just stick to footy, if we're stuck to the trade, we'll get in trade shortly. Who's who's the minor premier at oh, the moment? In without trade? a doubt, Sydney. Sydney. Without a doubt, they've got Taylor Adams, they've got Brady Grundy, James Jordan, Joel Hamling. It's a nice, nice start to trade week for Sydney. Oh, they've done well, mate. <coughs> some some clubs have done nothing. Well, let's go all the way in India, and he's a great bloke and a very, very good journalist too from Code Sports, Dan Churney. Massive game tonight, Dan. They just Huge. Australia have to win. They've looked lethargic. They've had no energy. Let's hope they're fine tonight. Dan, how are you? Yeah, well, David and Dan, good to be with you. Great to speak with you. Um, so far, Australia, they look so far off the pace, Dan, and I don't know whether it's too much cricket or whatever, but they, they do look tired. They don't look fresh. They need to find it quickly. They do. That's a great, it's a great question as to what, why things have not gone well for Australia so far in this tournament. I think it, it, the weird way they both, they've both played too much cricket this year um, in, in the immediate build-up and then not, not enough one-day cricket in the long-term build-up of this tournament to be completely settled with their ODI game. Uh, but it just been such a massive year for them that they do look tired and a bit burnt out. But uh, if they want to ha- have any sort of say this tournament, they've got to turn it around quickly, yeah. starting in about half an hour with this match against Sri Lanka here in Lucknow. Without a doubt, Daniel, and you're, you're right. What's the area do you think they need to turn around the most? Is it the bowling or is it the batting where we haven't been able to make over 200 in the first two games? Look, I mean, it, it is sort of everything at the moment. I mean, you can argue that the fielding's been yeah. worst of all. They've dropped, <clears throat> uh, dropped six catches across the first couple of matches. Mitch Marsh, that first game, we threw out Coley, and then five the other night um, with limited, with sort of a mixed, um, mixed effect. But uh, look, it's probably the batting, I think, most of all. The bowling has been okay without being great. Uh, they should have had their moments. I mean, Mitchell Stark and Josh Hazelwood talked through the Indian top order that the other night in Chennai, and then. I thought sort of the back end of the South African innings, they did a reasonable job. So it's probably the batting where no one's made 50 yet. Um, Steve Smith looked very assured and then kind of very good ball against India and then sort of this weird DRS call against South Africa. But no one else has, uh, has really done overly well. The toss is actually happening in front of me right as we speak. Uh, it looks like Sri Lanka's won, won the toss. We'll wait to see what they're, they're going to do here. Uh, but um, they've got a new captain today in, in uh, Kusil Mendes, who's filling in for Dustin Chanaka who's injured, uh, so I'll let you know in a minute or two who's, who's, what, what they decided to do. It's actually not a bit, probably not a bad result for Pat Cummins because he hadn't known whether to battle Yes, ball. he doesn't have uh, to make a decision. Yeah, a lot of issues for Australia at the moment. So just on that, and, and you'll bring us uh, the details on what Sri Lanka has decided with, you mentioned it's the batting. Well, do we get much of a better opportunity than taking on a Sri Lanka team that has a few injuries in their bowling lineup, and they've conceded 428 to South Africa and 345 to Pakistan in their opening two matches. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I think, look, there's no real excuse to lose to Sri Lanka and undermanned Sri Lanka. Now, I know that in theory they should be okay in those Asian conditions, and Sonny Wedding in this, in this tournament, there was probably a score fault that it was their bowling that was more their stronger unit compared to their batting, but it hasn't turned out that way. Um, the, fact that, uh, the fact that the club um, the fact that uh, they've lost a couple of bowlers uh, to injury clearly hasn't helped. But you know, to be whacked around as much as they have means that Australia has no real excuse. Sri Lanka probably one of the few sides that uh, well, one of only a handful of winless sides along with Australia and the Netherlands at this point. Um, so yeah, no, massive stakes. Dan Cherney, our guest for Code Sports, a journalist, he's in India. Dan, I know it's a simple way to look at it, but if you go individually through the Australian lineup. No one's in outstanding form. You look at India, 
they've got players in form and also players can come in and, and be in form. But, I mean, guys like Stoinis hasn't done much while Maxwell with the bat. Mm. Carey's been dropped. I mean, there's so many that really need to get in the top gear. Yeah, no, for sure. I just just thought it's worth trying to get one of the toss and elected to bat first. Or at least that's what the, uh, the signage around the ground yeah. is saying. So I'm going to back that in. Uh, so that's a, a, an interesting development here. But, no, you're right. Uh, Australia's batting has not gone well. Well, Marcus Stoinis is an interesting one. I mean, his form actually in T20 cricket over the last few years has been very good. It was really important. Well, I think was named Australia's T20 player of the year at the um, Cricket Awards at the start of the year. And it was really important to that T20 World Cup win in 2021. But his ODI batting, at least, has fallen off the cliff. He's averaging less than 17 since the start of the World yeah. Cup. And that's, that's obviously not great, particularly. But, but, you know, he can probably let it slide if he's bowling well and bowling enough. But he, he's barely bowling in this team because Glenn Maxwell's getting through so many overs. So I just wonder at this point he's sort of he's a bit of a square peg in the round hole batting at seven, but he's replaced Cameron Green who isn't playing particularly well either. Uh, you're right, Maxwell hasn't got going yet in this tournament. I mean, he's, not, he's come into situations that you just hope he wouldn't really have to. Ideally, he's the, uh, the icing on the cake sort of player. Dropping carry on the back of some pretty sloppy, it's a pretty poor form over an extended period, really dating back to the Ashes is a consideration as well. Um, Josh Inglis has come in and, and looked at all at sea against that ball with Kehiso Rabada. So, and Travis Head, um, obviously, uh, you guys in South Australia push his cause and with good reason because he's a, a very important part of this ODI team and they've been missing him a lot um, at the top of the order and, and he's going to be back soon, but uh, it might be too late. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, it might be too late. But um, you mentioned Marcus, Marcus Stoinis averaging just 17 in ODIs. There's no real excuses for him, again, playing this, this game at Lucknow, which is where he plays in the IPL. So he should know the pitch and the ground as well as anyone. So on that, Daniel, is there much news on the pitch and the pitch report? We played our last match there, so hopefully that might help. But is there going to be much that will change? Oh, it's hard to know. I, I mean... Pat certainly wasn't particularly uh, definitive about the pitch yesterday. He seems to be in two or three minds about, about what to do. He, he says not, not to be able to read the Indian pitches, which I suppose is uh, you know, at least he's honest about. Yeah. Uh, from afar, from afar, it looks it was a little bit uh, sort of a little bit dusty, um, but not, not probably not to accept the Chennai one was. It's a different pitch to the one they used the other day. That was sort of they thought it had a bit more bounce than it did. It sort of offered a bit to the quicks. But um, not, and, and maybe a bit of turn. It was sort of, I don't know, sort of a mid-range pitch. It wasn't sort of any, didn't have any majorly outstanding features. So I suppose you expect something relatively similar. And the other thing here is the dew um, at night, which was a huge factor in that first game for Australia, and Adams out and not being able to control the ball. Um, I suppose that won't be that won't be a factor for Australia tonight, um, batting second. But uh, Maybe they, they can hope that uh, it becomes a factor for Sri Lanka as they look to defend uh, whatever total it is. Touch on Zampa. His last month has been probably the worst in his career. He got smashed against South Africa, mm. not bowling well. Have they missed a trick? I know Agars was injured, but maybe a Kuhneman or another finger spinner. Because Maxwell's actually bowled very well, Dan, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think you're probably right there. And it was tough because... Look, the long-term plan had been to bring Agar, have Agar in this squad. He'd been the one. Uh, and then they brought Tanvir Sanger into the group, uh, as, and he's, he's, here, he's still here as a backup spinner and the backup player, he's a leg spinner. And he showed quite a bit in the build-up. But you probably can't go in with two leggies, or probably not ideal. I think oh, I think ideally they would have given Matt Kuhneman, who did play some ODIs in Sri Lanka last year, looked all right, and has obviously played test cricket since then in India. 
they would have given him a few games in, in the build up, bring him over, even have a look at him, um, given that they knew there was a bit of doubt about Ash Nagar. Uh, and it just does look like a pretty um, imbalanced squad. When you look at some of the success that the Afghan finger spinners were having, and their leg spinner and Rashid Khan did as well. Uh, Mitchell Santner, who's no well beater, but you know, he's done pretty well as a, as a left arm spinner yeah. for New Zealand so far in this tournament. So, yeah, I think ideally they, they would have done so. Because you're right, Maxwell's done a really good job. They could probably do with, him, with uh, yeah, a left arm. I think that's a, that's a very good call. Dan, there's been a bit of chat and a bit of talk about Alex Carey playing the one match and then being dropped and Josh Inglis coming in. Does this mean that we probably won't see Carey again in this tournament? I mean, I can't see Inglis, unless he makes no runs, I can't see him getting dropped uh, after just a couple of matches because now they've made the change. It's hard to go back, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's very early in the, in the tournament to be back in call like that. I mean, Andrew McDonald, the coach, said the other day that it was on the back of um, there's you know, quite an extended run of form where the middle order hadn't been going overly well. And I think that, that is fair. It wasn't as though Kerry had been playing well in the lead-up. He did make 99 at Venturian in one of the South Africa games, but otherwise it had been pretty slim pickings. So look, I think you're probably right. They can't drop Inglis. I think they've got to give it at least a three or four game run. I mean, if you make sort of, you know, five, two, one and six, I think you could probably, and he's dropping catches like he did the other night, I think you could probably, um, you could probably drop him again and, yeah. and go back to Kerry. But, you know, that, that is an unsettling situation. And it's, it's never a great sign when you're dropping the wicketkeeper in terms of um, what it says about the, the team balance. So, like, I think Inglis has to get a, a decent run at it. And he has, to, you know, he didn't have a good game the other day, but his form had been better than that of Carey's. Mm. He just plays, he's a more creative and venture player. And I think in this, the way this team is set up, particularly with Smith and Labuschagne there in, in, the, um, in, the, in, the, well, in the top four, it's better having Inglis there and, English probably is more complimentary to those guys because he plays some of those more T20-style reverse laps and, and sweep um, and just more inventive shots than Kerry who's, and, and, and can probably clear the, the rope a bit better than Kerry, who's more like a Smith-Labuschagne, um, you know, move the field around single-type operator. So I think it's probably... There, there is a method to that madness, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is still a risky move, clearly. Just quickly, Dan, India, I mean, I know they've got a big populations on their home deck, but they look in super form. And like I said, you could probably take three or four out of their team and bring in another three and four, and they're, and they're just as good. Yeah, they're firing. I mean, they, they, they won those early games without Shubman Gill. Easy to forget, they don't have Richard Pant, who's just a, a superstar yeah, that's right. um, since that horrible, um, horrible um, motor, motor accident that he had about a year ago. So um, my name is slightly under a year now. But, uh, and, you know, Ravi Ashwin, Ravi Chandra Ashwin uh, was um, was dropped from after the first game. So he's sort of only bringing him in with a conditioned suit. So that's a pretty big luxury if you've got a player like that. I and mean, when we talk about spinners, you know, how, how well would Australia do with a guy like Ashwin? And, and Boomer being back is just a cool. huge year. I mean, he was outstanding against Australia and Pakistan. The batting's flying. Rohit Sharma is, is um, firing on all cylinders and is pushing to be one of the you know, great well, he is one of the great ODI batsmen of all time, and, yep. and um, his world cup record is, is impeccable. So, uh, there's no clear weaknesses in that side. I think when you look around the, around the rest of the tournament, there's probably one or two weaknesses most most teams. But no, that they deserve to be the overwhelming favourites. Uh, so the only thing for them is their record. Once they get to the semi-final stage in the last decade or so in ICC tournaments, has been poor, and clearly there's that massive weight of expectation yep. playing in India. But uh, on form alone, that they they, uh, they have to be favourites. Thanks, Dan. Really appreciate your time. Enjoy, enjoy tonight's game. No worries, guys. Good to be with you.
Dan Cherney there from Code Sports uh, does a great job. I'd love to be there too. We're quite jealous, Dan Menzel and myself. It is currently 6.42. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Yeah, time now for Trade Radio Update brought to you by CMC Investors. International investing made easy. Download CMC Invest today. The big one, I suppose, of welcoming you back, Dan, is the uh, Lockie Schiltz. He is going to Collingwood. He is. The deal has been done and Freo have been busy. They've uh, lost a couple of players but got a bit in return. So Lockie Schiltz is the first one. He joins the Magpies for pick 34 and a future first-round pick. That's fair. Uh, I reckon that's more than fair. Genuinely. That could be pick 13, pick 14, depending on how they go. Uh, It could be, at worst, pick 18 or 19, as well as pick 34. So... Yeah, it definitely is a little bit of... Um, uh, it, well, they've given a bit, haven't they, Collingwood? They have. Collingwood have definitely given up yeah. a lot there. Um, and if he if he is the player they think he'll be, then it'll be worth it. But um, what it means is Fremantle's really stockpiling specifically these future picks because the other deal that got done today is Liam Henry has gone to St Kilda from the Dockers and they get St Kilda's future second round pick whilst they also traded fourth. So basically it's just a second round pick or future second round pick for Liam Henry. I think in 2024 they've got, I think they've got four first round picks coming up. Interesting, isn't it? I feel like that it's almost because it's a future pick, it's not as relevant or not as valuable as what it actually is, which makes no sense because pick one this year is the same as what it is next yeah, year. So but, yeah. but it almost people are like, oh, we'll throw in a future third round pick. That's nothing compared to a third round this year. But I like what Fremantle's doing. They're obviously stockpiling these picks and then they'll be able to have a really good draft hand or trade hand in the coming seasons. Any news on McAdam? Yes, McAdam, there is a little bit of news. Well, let's have a listen to what Tim Lamb said on the future uh, for McAdam and how that looks. Um, yeah, that's on the table. Um, Adelaide and, and us are ongoing in those um, in those discussions, but we think that's a really, really fair offer and um, we're hopeful that that gets it done. So a future second round pick that would be for McAdam. So yeah, fair, I think fair again. again. I agree. I think that that's something that both parties will be, will be happy with. What's going on... Um, with Port Adelaide, they haven't got anything done yet, though, have they? Nothing's done. They've got, what, many irons in the fire. Yep. But uh, do you think, what is it, two days, two and a half days left? Yeah. It's... They'll all get done or some will get done? I think majority will get done. There's 48 hours to go now in the trade period, and they will, without a doubt, be the busiest team over the next 48 hours. We know that Sydney has been extremely busy already throughout the trade period. Essendon's got a little bit going on. We know that, and Port's involved in that. But I think... Port Adelaide's got a massive two days, and uh, if they can get in what they're after, then that will strengthen the depth for the next season, which is what they really need to do. And Kane Corn spoke about why they are under such pressure to get these players in. The club that is under the most pressure, I think, is is that to, mm. to, to use you you off the top. They can't win the premiership unless they get these deals done, Jono. They're, they're, the depth isn't there now. When you look at it in, in totality or you look at it individually and you go, is Brandon Cirk that you're going to be the difference between Port Adelaide winning a premiership? No, he's not. Is Jordan Sweet individually? No, he's not. Is Radaglia? Well, m- maybe, but across the board, if they got the four, and I, I think it is the four, I think it's Soldo, Sweet, Radaglia, and Zerk Thatcher that they need to pull off. Mm. I don't know whether that's realistic or not, but Jono, that is a team that is under the pump in terms of for Ken Hinkley and the club and the long time it's been between playing in a grand final and winning one, if they can't get these four deals done in the next three days, they can't win the premiership. So that's a bit of pressure. 
Yeah, I, look, I, I tend to agree. I, I haven't got Port in my top four next year. They've basically got the majority of um, the same players and the guys bringing in, they're not well beaters. They'll, they'll add, but I, I honestly believe, Dan, that Port, looking at the way Brisbane and the Giants and Collingwood play, they're six or seven goals behind them. If, yep. if, if both teams play their best. Yeah, no, I agree that next year it will be tough for Port Adelaide. Now, Port Adelaide fans won't love it, but you finish in the top six, which means you get a harder draw than what the teams that finish from 6th or 7th to 12th and then from 13th to 18th. So the Crows will have a better draw than the Power next year. But also they need those players for that depth and to be able to pick up the pieces where they probably fell behind a little bit this year. And you mentioned it to the best sides. I think that they'll probably get three of those four. But I think for mine, Wills, the two most important ones there are Asava Radicalia because yes. we know they need a key defender and Jordan Sweet. They need someone else in the ruck to be able to help or out. Or Soldo, if he comes. Yeah, I don't think Soldo. Personally, I don't think that one will get done. Um, so I think Jordan Sweet is more likely to get done. If it's not Sweet, then yeah, they need Soldo or someone. So I think they need to get the, the key defender in the ruck is the areas they've got to address. And then from there, add the depth to the players that they currently don't have in their squad. I just want to play a list manager of Melbourne is Tim Lamb. He talks about uh, Adelaide's pursuit of Harrison Petty. I don't think he's going to go anywhere, but here's Tim Lamb. Yeah, 100%. And we've had a um, number of chats with Harrison, and we understand Harrison's a really good player. That's why Adelaide would like to get him. Um, and that's why we're keeping him. So um, I think, you know, as we move through this period, there's, there's more and more of this sort of stuff goes on and um, it's, it's just part of the industry now. But, yeah, we've had, you know, both Simon and, and Richard and myself have spoken to, to Harrison and, and he's aware of our position and um, we'll work to hopefully not having him only for the next two years but for an extended period after that. Yeah. I, I, look, you, you're not as bullish on Harrison Petty eh, as, as some. They're talking about him, perhaps he gets a million dollars in yeah. his first year. Then I, that's, I think payment's almost irrelevant. These days, with a with a salary cap, it's it's what the club needs. But I I agree with a bit. I don't think he's been a world beater, but he's about six foot five or six six in the old. Uh, can play both ends as a swingman, but it's a lot of money, isn't it, for your third, like you'd say a third tour? Exactly that. It's a lot of money for a third tour, and I made that point last week. I'd be interested to know where Melbourne actually see him playing and where his best position is. We see him partnering with Jacob. Um, Ben Roy him to be, and we're really excited about that partnership. The, what we saw from it this year was um, was really good, and they clicked together well. They worked together well, and um, that that's where that's where we're playing for us. So that's the forward line for the Melbourne Demons. If he stays there now, if he comes to Adelaide, I'm not sure he plays in the forward line. So then the value does that change a little bit, and I think he is more valuable to Melbourne in their forward line with where they're at right now than what he is to Adelaide in their back line with where they're at right now. Yeah, it'd now. be hard to have Petty and Fogarty on the same yeah. line, wouldn't it? Oh, and then you've got Walker as well and a Ruckman. Thought, there's plenty of other guys yeah. up there as well. They're the number one forward line from last season, number one offence. So it'd be hard for him to, yeah, I just don't see it being as valuable as he would be in the Melbourne forward line. I want to play a couple of grabs of Matty Clark shortly for Toolkit Depot, Tools, Equipment, Safety Gear and Workwear, Toolkit Depot, Everything you need under one roof, tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear, in-store and online. Don't just take our word for it. Go and see them. They've got everything that opens and shuts. We're talking toolkit depot. Matty Clark, what are you sitting on top of the tree? They've had an incredible run. Uh, Abby Ballard, sad to hear about her knee injury. It's almost one or two every round, but here's Matthew Clark and the Crows' unbeaten run. We're wrapped and, you know, it's uh, the brevity of the season uh, means there's only three to go. So we need to 
uh, you know, obviously stay right on task. Our, our next two matchups, top four sides, uh, so they'll be pivotal in in shaping, you know, what the what the finals look like. But having won seven now, would you know, obviously be very confident we'll play finals, which is the first step in any season is to try and qualify. And uh, you know, we're wrapped that we've done that. So um, now we get to get to work trying to get a bit better. He's super cool, isn't he? He is. Matty Clark, not he, flustered. No, he's, girls love him. They do. And he, you're right, that temperament is really important and he's done a great job, as have the Crows girls. But he, he mentioned that they got a couple of big games. They take on Brisbane and they take on North, North Melbourne. Melbourne. Now, if they are to drop those two games, they would drop out of the top two. We talk about the home final, the advantage there, that, that will definitely be. I think there's a clear probably top three teams in the competition right now, and that is Adelaide, North Melbourne, and Melbourne. And then it just underneath that is Brisbane, which is who Adelaide takes on this weekend. So the Crows women's team going really well. A massive game away from home Saturday this week at Brighton's home, Brighton Home Homes Arena in Brisbane at 2.30. Now, you're the lucky champ of the 36ers. You go down there and they win. It was uh, an incredible win on Saturday afternoon. They were, they were down uh, in the first half against Illawarra. And it, they started slow, didn't they? They did. It wasn't a pretty start, Woods, if I'm honest. And uh, we were a little bit concerned. But I did think, and we talked about it last week, that Illawarra played in Tasmania on Thursday. And then, although it's not the, a massive road trip, it still takes it out of you, playing two games in three days. You were bullish on Adelaide last week. Yeah, I was. And so I did think that they would run over the top, and which they certainly did. 89 to 80 winners in the end. Uh, it was an impressive performance from the 36ers, but the most impressive performance was Flowers. Uh, off the bench, he hit 23 points, 8 from 10, 3 from 5 from three-point range, was massive in the second half of the 36ers. Trey Kell was really good with 25 points as well. So it's great that they got their season underway. They got off to a, their first win for the year, and they can definitely back it up this way. They take on Southeast Melbourne on Thursday night at 7 o'clock, who are battling a little bit at the moment as well. So they are Southeast Melbourne, the two wins and three losses. We're one and four, but we're only a game effectively outside of the top five. How old's Flowers? I'd kill for his hair too. It's great hair. He is nice, isn't it? isn't it? No, he's young. He's 19? Yeah, he's very, he's definitely got plenty of upside. I don't think he's ever shown anything like that because he, you know when the bench is up and about, and we were sitting close to the bench, you know when the bench is up and about, you know it's a role player that's just coming on, and they were they were pretty shocked with what he was doing. Well, I mean, and we said it, if they drop that game, basically season over, we're only in the first month. Yeah, I know. Not just that, what it does to the group in terms of mindset and how you're 0-5, you can't even beat probably the team that's going as badly as you at the moment. So it's massive just to stay on top of things, feel like you're still in the competition and, yeah, really push forward from here. Are they any closer to an import? Is that if they could just get a bit of a, you know the cherry on the top, I think they need that to yeah they do to go to the next level without a doubt. I think uh, it shows that in their team with Trey Kell, he's a good player, but they need another one. Uh, they've got a lot of role players, and Scotty Ninnis has mentioned that in the past. That with Mitch McCarron, Humphreys, Wiley's playing some nice basketball at the moment, and Kadee, a lot of role players, but no out and out stars. So we are missing that one. Beaumont Tiles giving away a trip for two to America. It's footy's biggest game worth over seventy thousand dollars. Just shop in store at Beaumont's. That's before November 12 when in with a chance, T's and C's apply. Before we go, tonight, in, a, in a, just a short time, Australia plays Sri Lanka. We've already spoken about that. You're sticking with Aussies. This is do or die. Yeah, it is do or die. And I, I just think that we're coming up against a team that is ravaged with injuries, particularly with their bowling attack. If they had Hasaranga playing tonight, who oh, played player. in the IPL, he's their best spinner by a mile. I actually think we'd probably lose the game. But I just think that their attack, they got hit for more than 400 
against South Africa, I think we'll be able to put a score on the board and, yeah, and beat them. I think they've conceded 400 and 350 as well. So I tell you what, though, tonight a few of the Aussies need they're under the microscope. Yep. And I know that not many can come in or go out, but they're playing for their careers, I reckon, and, and they need to show energy. All I want to see is a bit of positivity and energy. I'd love to see Mitch Marsh make some runs tonight too. We saw it in the lead up that, okay, he's about to take the world stage and just run with it. But uh, he hasn't done it in the first two matches. He needs to tonight because otherwise Travis Head will come in and take that opening spot. So, mate, going for a run, you going for him tonight? Uh, tomorrow I will. Tomorrow? I'll take you with me tomorrow. All right. Have a great night and we'll do it all again between six and seven. Bye for now. Bye for now. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo.